It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, Wayne. I will see you right here on Undisputed in about two hours, as always, on Friday. But right now, it is time to skip the BS. It is time for Undisputed. It is time for me and Michael Irvin and Keyshawn Johnson to talk Raheem Morris and Bill Belichick. Whoa, wait wait a second. The Atlanta Falcons? They hired Raheem Morris over Bill Belichick after he interviewed twice with the Falcons. Good for the Falcons. Wise move. But but hold on. Now it looks like Bill Belichick will not get any job in this hiring cycle. How is that possible? Keyshawn, would you please kick us off and explain to me how all this happened? Well... I mean, I'm sure you're smiling all the way to the end <laughs> of the ocean. Um, you know, it, when, you, when you look at it, everything has to be perfectly aligned for Bill Belichick to get a job that he wants and he wants to covet. He, it, it's not, and I keep saying this, Skip, coaches that are in his position, the Harbaugh's, the Pete Carroll's, the Bill Belichick's, the guys that have done it for many years and know what they're doing, they need everything to be perfectly aligned. If, if, if Raheem Morris deserves this opportunity as a third-time head coach, once full-time head coach with the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers once upon a time, and then 11 games in the interim situation with the Atlanta Falcons. When the Atlanta yep. Falcons made this decision, this decision wasn't made overnight. This decision was taken process for quite some time. They just had to figure out if they actually wanted to do the Raheem Moore situation. Because Coach Belichick, according to reports, everything had to be aligned structurally. He wanted certain things in place right. that apparently Arthur Blank, Rich McKay, made a decision that they were not. So he decided, I'm, I'm assuming, to turn it down. They haven't officially said, well, he turned the job down. Mm. But based on the reports, that's what you have to believe, is that he said, you know what? Never mind, I'll look to do something different. Therefore, it opened up the door for them to hire Raheem Morris, who had been there before. Now, I'll give you a little backstory on Raheem Morris. I've been knowing Raheem from my days at the New York Jets when he worked in our equipment office with our equipment staff way back then at Hofstra University. Fast forward to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when he came in as our quality control guy and then eventually became an assistant defensive back coach and then he went on to Kansas State, became Kansas State's defensive uh, coordinator, yeah. swapped back to Tampa Bay. He, he, in Tampa Bay, he was the defensive coordinator for all of about a day. 
and then they abruptly yep. fired Coach Gruden and made him the head coach. And then he went on to have some success as a receiver coach in Atlanta. In Washington, he, put, he coached the receivers in DB. So he has some coaching uh, pedigree to him. He falls under the Dungy and Mike Tomlin tree. Okay, so now you look at what he was able to do with the Los Angeles Rams. It's a perfect marriage for that situation. Rich McKay knows him, knows him well, okay? Arthur Blank knows him well, and he's not coming with all of the demands that these veteran coaches would come with like a Bill Belichick. The one thing that Raheem, to have the success in Atlanta, he's got to do is he got to find a quarterback. Is it trading for Justin Fields? Is it Kirk Cousins out there in free agency? Is it trying to figure out how to draft a guy? Is it all those things in the mix and signing Mike Evans in free agency potentially or T. Higgins in free agency potentially? And as far as the Belichick situation go, yeah, maybe he doesn't get a job because it's Washington and Seattle and he decides he's going to wait for somebody to open up again next year while he still has an opportunity with his age being where it's at to still have the energy and juice to want to coach. And I understand people looking at it like you, Skip, and saying, hey, well, what is this? This is the greatest coach of all time. He can't get a job? Well, it's not that simple. It's not that he can't get a job. It just has to be the right job. And, and I think it has right. to be the Go right Michael. job. I think it has to be the right job. And I thought Atlanta was the right job, to be honest with you. Uh, and listen, Raheem Morris, I'm happy for him getting an opportunity to once again be a head coach. But if you're going to go defensive, and I mean in the head coach position, you're going to go defensive. You have one of the greatest defensive coaches that's ever played, that's ever been around the game. And he's one of the greatest coaches to ever coach in the game. So, so I'm a little confused by that. I hear people talk about this, the, the, the control factor. I, I, I talk about it all the time. I told you guys yesterday, coaching is about coaching, communication, and control. Those three C's right there is what's working in that office. I'm blown away. I'm blown away that, that, that you come to a conclusion that with Bill Belichick and, and, and the lack of success that most of these places have had that, well... We want control still, and we don't want to listen to him totally because, you know, we want control. Are you joking? That's the most successful dude that ever did it on the sideline. I understand. I understand what you watched the last few years in New England and the development or lack thereof of that quarterback, uh, Mac Jones, in New England. But, but if I'm going defense of coach, love Raheem Morris. But you, you had Bill Belichick right there. I got to figure out and stop those communication issues, whatever I believe they may have been. I got to figure those out and stop them. On the other hand, the Bill Belichick, I, I just don't like the way his people have handled all of this. He's the greatest coach to ever live and, and, and coach in the National Football League. I would have liked his people to have handled this a little bit better. I, I wouldn't have been putting Bill out there going on all of those cycles, going on interviews. It's you talk to me behind the scene if we're going to make a deal, if we're going to see something through, we can see it through. So he's not out here like this, looking like this. I just think it's a bad look, and his people failed him in this situation. Really? Okay. So that they should have done it more behind the scenes? I, 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 I think, think he earned, he's earned that. 
He's earned that, Skip. All right. He has earned that. Okay. And each, each, each of those teams, I, Atlanta just wanted to to the oil. We just interviewed Bill Belichick. Come on, man. Let's they hold did. that out. If you knew you weren't, if it wasn't going to work out down the road, that's just me. That's just me. I mean, I understand. I, I, I understand I that, it, that they were passing. Uh, that, that bill and the communication issue and, and, and what we have on offense and the issues they've had on offense. But I, I just thought that his people could have handled it. I, I don't know that they didn't think that they would get a deal done with Bill. I think Bill just made a decision based on his communication from what we are gathering that it wasn't going to work. So it sounds like to me, just based on that, that the job that it was, was more his. Bill. There was more bills than, than it was more no, bills than it was the Atlanta Falcons. Whatever that right. is, I right. don't know. For all we know, it could have right. been. I want five years. They said no. I'm giving you three. It could have been. We don't. You. We want you to have some of these assistants so our payroll. And he's like, no, I want to bring in my you. own. We don't know what that is. I'm with you. I'm still saying the bills, people. We could have handled. I understand. This we could have handled yeah. this better. I understand. All right. So Michael, think about this. We've been going round and round about Jerry Jones. He's 81 years of age. He says, my window is closing. I don't know how many more opportunities I'm going to have in life to win a Super Bowl because I'm getting up there in years. And yet, remember, Arthur Blank is two weeks older than Jerry Jones. Right. He was born two weeks before. So he's also 81 years of age. And I, I don't hear him talk about how my window is closing or, or how many years he has left on this planet. But the, the point is, if, if Arthur, who's never won a Super Bowl, at least Jerry has three Super Bowl trophies in his office, if Arthur Blank really wanted to plunge for the greatest coach ever, he would have just done it. it. Whatever Bill wanted, he would just say, here, you got the keys to the kingdom. And yet he didn't, because in the end, I believe that Arthur Blank said no to Belichick because Belichick wanted complete control of the franchise. He did not want to have to answer to Rich McKay, who Keyshawn knows very well, or to Terry Fontenot, who's the GM. So you got the president and the GM who were positioned on the, the sort of the depth chart above Bill Belichick. And Arthur said, I'm going to side with them because Bill wants them both out. Not maybe gone, but just out of my way because Bill wanted the keys to the kingdom. And Arthur Blank said no, because I believe Arthur Blank believes that Bill had not earned the right to have the total keys to the kingdom over the four years he had after Tom Brady in New England. He had four years to prove he was the reason they won all those championships. He had four years to show the NFL world I, I can do this by myself. I don't need that quarterback. I can take another quarterback. And he handpicked Mac Jones. He traded up to get Mac Jones. And obviously, it was a disaster. And obviously, Bill went 29 and 38 in four years in New England after he convinced Robert Kraft, Tom Brady cannot play anymore. Biggest mistake Bill ever made, can't play anymore because Tom, obviously, in the pandemic year of 2020, went straight down to Tampa Bay and won a Super Bowl. So Tom showed you to me that he was the reason. I, I always give him 75% of the credit over Bill. You guys believe it was mostly Bill. I respect your opinions. I just disagree. And I believe Arthur Blank decided Bill wasn't the driving force that, that I, can't, I can't give him everything. I can't give him the control that he wants of my franchise and trust him to go find and 
and also coach up a quarterback because he didn't prove he could do it with Mac Jones. So Bill had his opportunity. And my point to you guys has been, if, if he is the greatest coach ever, why didn't the whole league, why didn't every vacancy there was, why didn't they just line up and say, please, Bill, come take our job? Obviously, he wouldn't want maybe a Carolina job, but there are a bunch of other jobs that maybe he would want. And Tennessee takes Brian Callahan. I'm like, over Bill Bell, could but you Skip, have we, Bill Bell? Let, 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 let him go, Mike. But we've talked about <laughs> it, Skip. Coaching is not just coaching. When we say he's the greatest coach, I, I, it, the results have spoken for him and spoken Facts. loudly and clearly. He's the greatest coach. There's a lot that comes with that. And there's a lot of dealings with a lot of people who honestly, let me let you in on a secret, who don't know what the hell they're doing. And, and don't know a lot less than Bill, no, that knows a lot less than Bill Belichick knows and still want to be in control and in charge. So, so I understand sometimes Bill saying, we got to watch what this dude doing, watch what that dude doing. I, but, 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 but he is the greatest coach. What he accomplished in the time where free agency had come in. Some, when we talk about great coaches, those coaches didn't have to shuffle in players and deal with the free agency. He did his, he had his dynasty over the start, all that plan B and free agency, all of this coming through, moving in and out of place. He's the greatest coach to ever live. It's just a lot that comes with that also when you have a head coach. And, and Skip, you can't just assume that because he is the greatest coach, even his own quarterback said that. You're talking about the last four years. Well, how about the first four years in New England with Tom Brady? A guy that he drafted and de helped develop. So when you talk about the last four, how about the first four? Beside that, you can't just assume that every coach, I mean, every coach and every owner and general manager are going to align just because they're the greatest. It does not work for everybody. In basketball, everybody didn't want Phil Jackson. They just didn't want to deal with that, okay? And I'm sure Phil Jackson didn't want to deal with other teams because it's not just I'm good at X's and O's. Like Michael said, there's so much that go into. When you talk about control, we're not talking about, and I'm not talking about just roster control. I'm talking about control of the building. For all I, when I come in as a, a head coach, I want a new secretary. I don't want your secretary. I want the person that's been with me for 25 years that I can trust at every not stop. Sneaking back and that's reporting not to you. Sneaking back and, report. and reporting. Right, right. That, right. Exactly. This is kind I'm, of espionage stuff that goes on in a building you got to know about. I'm taking a job, I'm firing the security guard at the door. Period. Because I want my own security. I understand he's I understand. been here 35 years. I'm coming in, I want yeah. my own strength coach. I want my own nutritionist. I, those are the things that coaches have to, to ask for. And then when you start talking about working with, with Terry and Rich McKay, the general manager and the president of the team, mm -hmm. I don't know their relationship with Bill. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. But maybe, just maybe, they had a different idea of how to run the team and Bill doesn't want that. Sure Bill wants do. some say. That's he doesn't want you just right. drafting players right. and giving it. He wants to work with you. But maybe they say, we're going to take a quarterback. And Bill says, no, I don't want to take a quarterback. I'd rather go sign Kirk Cousins. Or I'd rather trade for Justin Fields or something along those lines. And they're like, no, nah, that's not the way we see it. It just it has to work for everybody, Skip. 
Okay, so do you think Arthur Blank just made a huge mistake not giving everything up to Bill and saying, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. Please come and save me. No, I don't think no, I don't think he made a mistake. What he, Rich McKay and Terry did was make a decision on somebody that they know that they have a relationship with. Raheem Morris has a relationship with that building. Okay, he coached there. Yes. He coached there as assistant head coach from 2015 to 2019 and pass game coordinator. Offensive side of the ball, by the way, 2016 to 19 receivers. Defensive coordinator, 2020 and interim coach. There's a relationship there. There's a relationship there. Okay. And Keyshawn, allow me to say, and I've said this many times before you guys join me on the show. It has been a long-running crime that Raheem Morris didn't get a shot before this shot. It's been 13 years since he was an official head coach, not just an interim, in Tampa Bay. Keyshawn, you remember this well. In his second year coaching the Bucs with Josh Freeman at quarterback, they went 10 and 6. Yes. 10 and 6. And then he had some issues. I don't want to get into the gory details with Josh off the field issues and it crumbled the last couple of years. But he showed you what he could do when everything was, the planets were aligned. And he handpicked Josh because he had coached him at Kansas State. He knew him and it it went way up and then it started to teeter, but he showed you what he, he could do when everything was correct. He can coach at the highest level. I think it's a great move for Atlanta to give him a second shot. And it was beautiful because of the point you're making, Keyshawn. He had been an interim coach, so they got to work with him and know him on a daily basis and watch him operate as the commanding officer of that whole franchise. And I think they love this. And they they said when he came in with Mr. Blank last week, I think it was last, I, I think it was only Tuesday that he flew in, that he killed his interview. And I think you you saw him fairly recently, right? You, yeah, I had, din- I had dinner with him a couple weeks yeah. ago. So, yeah. and, and you think yeah. about it too, Rich McKay was with us in Tampa. So there's a long, long right. relationship right. with that. When he got the I job in Tampa, when he, there's a comfort there. When he got the knows. job in Tampa, he wasn't ready to be a head coach. He just wasn't. He just wasn't. He was basically a player that was pushed into yeah. – the role to become a head coach, he just wasn't ready for it. The second opportunity would be a little bit different. What I would say to him is, is I told him, one of the things you cannot do, you cannot be phony, okay, because the players right. are going to see through it, okay, and you better go get a quarterback. Yeah, right. You better get a quarterback. And, and, and that's right there, that, that all of this we're saying is going to be the determining factor of whether we're calling this a success or not. And why? I'm not going to say I'm not going to say he made a mistake, Skip, but I might be leaning towards saying he made a poor decision. You see what I mean? Okay. In this situation, yeah. he made I, I thought a poor decision when you have the opportunity of a Bill Belichick out there. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Let's think about this now. In the next three, four years, because right, it's what's going to take if you go find your young quarterback and talking about developing him. You're, you're going. It's going to take another two, three, four years. So, so now, in, yeah. in these next three years, you get a Bill Belichick, and he puts structure around your organization, gives you a pretty good defense. You can go out and find a veteran quarterback for the, the, the play while you're raising up a young, 
a, a young quarterback with an offensive coordinator that you think is going to be ready to take over the job in four years when Bill retire, but now you have the structure of an organization and what a champion, how they practice, how they structure things, how they put it together. You have that in place. Who's bringing it? Who's bringing it? And not only who's bringing it, who can implement it? Can Raheem Morris implement yeah. that? At the same level, with the same level of respect as he's implementing it, as Bill Belichick would have had, I, I say no. That's why I say we'll find out if he made a mistake. I just think he made a poor decision. Okay. So I'm asking both of you. I, I predicted before this hiring cycle I did not think Bill would get a job. Do you think if he doesn't get one now, he will get one next time around? If it's the right situation, there was only there was only two jobs that to me in my eyes that was available that was right. I had already booked Chargers. I already booked the New England Patriots and the and the Las Vegas Raiders to, to sign a, a, or or better yet hire who they hired. That was already done. It, it, it didn't make any sense to do anything other than that. The Carolina Panther job, yeah, come on, man, stop. Right? It just Seattle doesn't make any sense. So it was only the Chargers or Atlanta. That would have made any sense. And clearly the Chargers wanted to go the hardball route, which is fine. And then Atlanta, based on reports, Bill didn't want to, you know, figure out how to have a structure in place where they all could work together. But I do believe if they, if something opens up next year that makes sense, he'll be in the running for that again. Hey, Skip, you and I both know there are some coaches and uh, some owners who are sitting here saying, mm. Should I? Should I not? Should I? Okay, I may ride this out one more year. And one more year. Our team is in that boat, that same boat. So you'll see some teams that'll start looking at that one more year and giving that team that one more year. Yeah, he'll be right back. And, 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 and he's been coaching for like 60 years straight. So it's okay to take a year off and, and that, breathe. And that's why I say I wish his people would have handled it as that. Just like that right there. Saying, hey, you know, Bill's weighing his options. Y'all come over here. We call it what we call it. And then after all of it said and done, we'll say, hey, you know what? Bill thinks he's just going to take a year off and breathe. Would have been in the same place, and the shine still would have been on Bill like it's supposed to be right Okay. Now. And you guys know how I feel. I actually hope he does get another shot a year from now so that it will close the case that Bill has been <laughs> overrated because I don't think he'll do well in his, his final hurrah. But if he goes That's to a Super Bowl, if he goes to another team oh, and he wins a Super Bowl, me. will you hands you down me. say I was hands wrong down. and then spell hands wrong? Down. But I will not have to do that because <laughs> Tom already did that for me when he went to Tampa and did it. Thank you very much, Tom Brady. Hey, okay, we got to get back to now. We got to get back to AFC Championship game. Chiefs, Ravens. I got the Ravens. I got them convincingly. We'll debate next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Okay, the time is nigh. Mahomes at Lamar. Chiefs at Ravens. Keyshawn Johnson, who wins and what is the score? You know, I'm taking the Ravens 31 to 27, Skip. It's, as I said before, okay. it's, Lamar, it's Lamar's time. This is, this, is, this is it. I mean, he's got to take it to the next level. Um, and I'm sure he's, he, he, he is willing and ready and able to do that. And it's going to be a tough out because it's Patrick Mahomes. But defensively, he's got a solid and sound defense. He's got weapons on the perimeter now. They still could run the football. And then when you look, is Mark Andrews going to be available? Is he coming back to help some things out? And he knows that there are people out there that are waiting to push sin and say, oh, he's two and four in the postseason now. He can't get over the hump. So you move the goalposts in these situations, right? It starts with, can he win the division? Can he win a playoff game? Can he advance into the division around? Oh, then they move it a little bit more and say, well, he's never been in an AFC championship game. So that goalpost keeps moving and moving and moving. And then if he wins, it's like, can he win the Super Bowl? And then if he loses, that thing says, well, he's two and four now. He, oh, poor, poor Lamar. He can't get over the hump. And he knows all of that pressure. The best thing for him, though, is he's playing at home. He's got the crowd behind him. He can be a little more relaxed, attention to detail, and an understanding of what Kansas City is actually going to try to do to him when they're on defense. The crowd noise is down. He's not at arrowheads. He doesn't have to worry about that. He's going to have a real true home, uh, home field advantage in this particular football game. But I got the Ravens. I got the Ravens okay. also winning this game, and I got a 34-28 score. Now, I'm trying to... As I look through this thing, see how this plays out in the end, you know, with, with the Patrick Mahomes making that last drive. And I was listening to the defensive coordinator, McDonald, talk about his simulated pressure, how he put simulated pressure on, play, on, on, on quarterbacks and how that has worked so well for his team. But he's never gone up against a guy like 15. You know, 15 don't buy into the simulated pressure when you're sending four, but we don't know which four is coming because you're dropping one of the defensive linemen to drop back into a zone coverage. Now it's up to the quarterback to find the right receiver in, in the offensive line to make sure they're in the right blocking protection. 15 will always find the right receiver, and he knows exactly how to buy more time. So the Baltimore Ravens defense have to be careful when they're trying to apply all of this simulated pressure. You got to get to Patrick Mahomes. The, 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 Los, the Las Vegas Raiders showed us. They showed us how to beat him. They got to Patrick Mahomes. Max Crosby got to Patrick Mahomes, and they won that game. And that's what the Baltimore Ravens will have to do. Patrick Mahomes is not going anywhere easily. They're going to have to take this game because it, 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 this is everything. His legacy needs it so he can say, yeah, I won a game. I won a Super Bowl away from uh, Arrowhead Stadium. And yep. my God, Lamar Jackson needs it way more than anything. And he needed to go through Patrick Mahomes to get it. If Josh Allen had come into Baltimore and they go to the Super Bowl, we still would be sitting here saying, yeah, you got a Super Bowl, but you didn't beat Patrick Mahomes. This is his yeah. time. Good point. No, all good points. 
So, Michael, you're going 34 to 28, right? Yes. Baltimore. Okay. So this is interesting to me because I, early in the week, had the score in your ballpark. I had it 30 to 20. And then I started thinking, Michael, wait a minute. All we talk about is Mahomes versus Lamar, Lamar versus Mahomes. We have the top two scoring defenses on the same football field for the AFC Championship game. We have the number one scoring defense, fewest points allowed, the Baltimore Ravens, second fewest points allowed, the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm thinking, wow, aren't we kind of overlooking, aren't we overshadowing no. how how really great the Baltimore defense has been and how underrated great that Spag's defense has been because it's just been coming and coming and coming, and here it is. And because of that, and because I looked at the forecast, and it looks like on Sunday afternoon, it's a 3 o'clock Eastern time kickoff, it looks like it's going to rain. The temperature's not going to be bad because it's going to be up in the high 40s, but it, it's like 90% chance of rain. So I don't know for sure, but it, it feels like, looks like, smells like it's going to rain. So we're going to have some wet ball factor, and it feels like it's going to keep the score lower for me. So I, I'm going to go down. I'm going to drop my score down to like 24 to 14 Baltimore. Now, to both your points about who's the better team, well, what I love the most about Baltimore, I can encapsulate in one stat for both of you. Baltimore went 6-0 and during the regular season against teams that were three or more games above 500. And in those six wins, they won by an average of 26 points against all the good teams that they played. And just quickly, they beat Houston twice, obviously, in the first game, in the first playoff game. It was 25-9 and 34-10. to then they beat Cleveland 28 to 3. Then they beat Detroit. Remember that game at Baltimore? It was 38 to 6. And then they beat the 49ers, as we will know on Christmas night at 49ers, 33 to 19. It wasn't even that close. And then don't forget, the Dolphins were flying high and ran into the Ravens, and it was 56 to 19. So to me, they've shown you routinely that they will rise up to the level of competition. They, they don't play you know, down to the level. They, they rise up. They don't get exposed. They, they actually show no, you even they, more dominance not, against the, the better Cowboys team. Skips. No, get on out of here. What's that? that man. They're yeah. not the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. They do not get exposed. Yeah. But, 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 but listen, okay. I, I, well, I go you back. You got me. Bingo. Uh, right. I go back to last year, man, yeah. when I watched – when I watched Patrick Mahomes, and I think he's he playing the 49ers. That year he played the 49ers. Yeah. Dude. In San Francisco. And, and, and that was the Patrick Mahomes. That's the Patrick Mahomes that Baltimore is about to see. I mean, he tore up that number one defense then. That was the top defense then. And he yeah. played quite a game. I mean, he did everything. He did. It, was, it was one of those Iron Man games. Uh, and, and I'm expecting that kind of game. Skip, I know you talked about number one, number two scoring defense. Yeah. But we also have these two different type of quarterbacks. And Lamar's trying to climb up in that elite, elite, elite echelon of a quarterback that, and with Patrick Mahomes. This is the game that will give him this. Patrick Mahomes is trying to show you, yeah. Later on, we're going to have conversations about, is he the greatest? And I'm not talking about today. I'm talking about later on in time. Well, is, he's, is yeah. he the greatest? And all of these little things start getting pulled out. Well, Tom Brady won a Super Bowl 
He went on the road to get his. That's when all of this is going to come up. And Patrick Mahomes wants to take it out of your head right now and take it out of your ability to speak on it. And that's why this is going to be a great meet. These two quarterbacks see their legacies at stake, and they will give everything. I can't wait to watch that. This, no, this, no defense is going to be able to stop these two quarterbacks. None. Well, you, you got a point there, Michael, about the Kansas City Chiefs defense being able to stop or slow down Lamar Jackson. This is a duplicate of a week ago in Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. They do very similar things, both with their legs and the delivery of the football. Josh Allen played well against Kansas City, well enough to win that football game. He missed a throw when he probably should have hit uh, Diggs underneath on the shallow cross. Or instead of trying yep. to step into the throw on the post, he missed that Here. throw. Yep. But for the most part, throughout that game, he played solid, sound football enough for them to win. This is Lamar Jackson is a duplicate of what they just saw. Okay, maybe a little more dynamic in terms of running yeah. because he's not as powerful of a runner as Josh mm -hmm. Allen. But it's the same thing. It's the RPO game. It's the uh, design runs with the quarterback. It's delivering the football in sync, in rhythm. Right. So Kansas City saw what they saw against Josh Allen. And I, I can imagine that we're going to see that and more against Kansas City because of Lamar Jackson. Okay, but Keyshawn, what, what, Buffalo's defense was decimated. Right. They're playing third stringers. Right. Oh, and, yeah. Right. And, yes. And, and, and it won't be that situation in, in Baltimore. You're right. That, no, it will it not will be not that situation. Be that situation. I'm talking about on the defensive side for Kansas City, though, up against Lamar. The Buffalo's defense, we already know that that wasn't anything. This is going to be a tougher test for Patrick Mahomes, no question about it. Now, I'm not going to – I'm not stupid enough to say that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have a chance – and Patrick Mahomes won't walk in there right. and win the game. I'm not that you. silly. But at the same time, when yeah. I look across the field at this kid, number eight, in Lamar Jackson, he has something to prove because there are yeah. doubters. There are people out there ready to hit sure. the sand button to be able to say, well, see, I knew he couldn't do it. I knew this type of style couldn't advance to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. Right. That's all going to change on Sunday evening. Yeah, and, and, okay. and you know, when I look at it, you know, Lamar, we were talking about this earlier, Lamar, Lamar's th this year threw 3,678 3, yards. That's the most he's ever thrown for. You look at Patrick Mahomes' MVP years, those are 5,000 yards regularly because we see Patrick Mahomes as a passer that can buy time moving around. But until this year, we saw Lamar Jackson as a runner that's trying to learn how to pass. He doesn't want that. He wants to be an official quarterback that can run. And that's what he started showing this year. And that's why this journey, this time, he may never throw for 5,000 yards. That's what Key and I was talking about. But 3,600 and rushing for another 1,000? That's how you get his accumulation thereof. I'll take that, I'll take, I'll take that all day long. Yeah. I'll take it all day long. Trust me, Lamar wants to be known as a four or five thousand yard passer. You know what I mean? That's what he's always talked about. And he spoke out of the abundance of his heart. They said the Bible says the mouth to speak. When he first came in the league, he said, They think I'm a running back. Just call me a running back. That was his pain speaking. This is his promise showing up right here. Pay that man. Pass the plate. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, so, before the season started, I said that, yeah, what's that, 
<laughs> no, no, keep messing with me. I'm just saying the man. Well, I just told right, him past the plate, yeah, man. At the beginning of this man's career, when a man comes out talking about everybody just calls me a running back, yeah. they asked me to go to running back, asked me to go to receiver, you know he's carried that pain with him to this point. That's why he talked about, I'm going to make y'all give me a guaranteed contract because you spoke against me like this. He didn't get that accomplished. But this is the journey we can clearly see that he is on, and that's why this game is yes. everything. Yeah, so before the year started, I said Lamar would win the regular season MVP and win the Super Bowl, and it just feels like that's been meant to be all year long, like that's been his destiny. And on the other side, it, it just felt like the Chiefs all year long were teetering, like they never were quite right. They, they felt a little more right at Buffalo. But again, against a decimated defense, it took Buffalo's kicker, Tyler Bass, missing a 41-yard field goal to avoid overtime. So I, I don't know that Kansas City as a football team, especially as an offense, has played at as high a level as they have in the past. I don't think they're quite what they used to be while Baltimore has arrived. Would you guys agree with that takeaway? Yeah, I do. Yep. I, yeah. I certainly do. Uh, you know, when you look at the, the defensive side of the ball for Buffalo and the missed field goal to send it into overtime, you you just – whatever it is that's going on in Buffalo is going on. But Kansas City, all you have to do is hit it right at the right time. You can, you can wobble alone during the regular season. You can. But come yeah. postseason, you just got to hit. And they've been able to do that. That's why they're now in the AFC Championship. But conventional game. wisdom says if you don't perform at the lower levels, putting you at a higher, harder level doesn't mean you're going to be successful. It usually means you're not going to be successful. I think some of those issues that they had in this game may show back up. And let's be real here. While we're talking about Lamar has to win this game, this is yeah. probably the weakest you're going to ever catch Patrick Mahomes. He is willing yeah, this team. I, I agree. He is with that. willing this team. So if you well don't said. get him now, no. then we're going That's to be true. saying, I don't know if you will ever get him. This is the best chance you'll have. Bingo. Unless, well, let me put one more caveat on. Unless Andy Reid walks away. Because then you may have a, unless okay. Andy Reid walks right. away, because that, that, that's a master at what he Well, does. then they just hire Bill Belichick, I, right? I knew, and then they go right why on. Why would you like even this? say that, Michael? Because uh, <laughs> you knew what he was going to say. You knew what he was hey, going to say. You know, you, you're not, now listen, now that, now. Yeah. They, why they, would you even do that? They, they, they may bring in Bill and then get your boy. Skip, back would you rather have Bill Belichick, uh, would you rather have Bill Belichick and then bring coach back. the Dallas Cowboys and Mike me? McCarthy? Who would you rather have? No, I love Mike McCarthy. He's the best. I, I think he's the best coach in football right now. We're onward and upward. We're going to oh, win it all God. next year. But, but you don't right, think Mike. if Andy walks away and Bill takes that job and bring in bring in the enemy as his OC, <laughs> man, they'll run through this league. I hope they don't do nothing like that. Right, they'll, right. they'll still run through right, this we, league. We got to talk about the other game, the NFC Championship game. We got Lions at 49ers. Is it possible, to use Keyshawn's favorite term, that the 49ers are about to boat race the Lions? Yeah. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. NFC Championship game. Lions at Niners. 6.30 Eastern Sunday on Fox. Michael Irvin. I'm going to go with you first here. Who you got and what's the score? Mm. And I heard you guys talking about this game and everybody's talking about like this game's going to be a blowout. I do not concur with that conclusion. I do not subscribe to that at all. I have this game because I told you guys if any team in the National Football League that is as, that's, that can match the physicalness, that will get in and try to fight physical with physical, is the Detroit Lions right here for the San Francisco 49ers. I'll give you the score I got this at a 28-24 game. That Detroit Lions offensive line versus the San Francisco 49ers defensive front, this is where this battle is right here. Because if you get Jared Goff time, he, he, he can hurt you on the back end. But more importantly, if you can run this football on early downs, and Detroit has run against everybody, you can run the football on early downs. You can have success against this defense. Then on the other side, you have to get to Brock Purdy. You have to get to Brock Purdy to give yourself a chance if you are the Detroit Lions. You get to Brock Purdy. You run the football. Now Jared Goff can do what Jared Goff does and make some plays down the field with St. Brown and LaPorta and hurt that secondary and hurt the San Francisco 49ers, and finally, finally get a win in San Francisco. You know they haven't won a game in San Francisco, the Detroit Lions. I know they're overcoming all these insurmountable odds this year. Since 1976, there's 13, the 49ers, 13-0 against the Detroit Lions at home. They've broken all of these other things that have gone on 30 years against this, 30 years against that. Let's see if they can get this one right here and get their first win since 1976 in San Francisco. I don't believe so. 28-24, I got the 49ers going to the Yeah, team. Michael, you made a strong case for Detroit, but you don't have the courage to go right. ahead and no, no, cross no, no, that. No, not, not, not in the end. Not in the end. And I made that case because so we can have a – so as we get into conversations about it, I, you guys are saying, like, this has got to be about to be a blowout. I'm making a case not for Detroit, but against those words I heard right then, thinking this is going to be a blowout. That's not about to happen. Hmm. Well, I certainly don't believe it's a blowout. In fact, I believe that the Detroit Lions will go into San Francisco and turn Shanahan into Andy Reid of the Philadelphia Eagles. Three straight oh. eight NFC championship games, 2021, 22. 23, and home. That's the way I look at it. And, and I think Dan Campbell and this team, physicality is important. Second, keep it is second and medium short, third and short. If you, can, if you can continue to get on first down, you can get me four yards. Now you got me a second and six, you can get me three to four. Now you put me at third and short. I'm taking away what San Francisco wants to do on the defensive side of the ball which is pin their ears back and go get the quarterback with Chase Young at one side and Nick Bosa at the other. Well, when, you, wait to see, put little, when you start to see that take shape, you now got to combat that with the running game like Michael's talking about. 
to slow things down. And if you get ahead, which, again, this question still comes up for me. Double-digit deficit. Can you come back from double-digit? Not four points, not against Green Bay, but when you're down by 11 or you're down by 10 or 14, can you all of a sudden come from behind in these situations to win the football game? And San Francisco has yet to show me that in double digits. Not like Richard was talking about, well, we came from, that's four points. I'm yeah. talking double digit. Yeah, but even, even if they get behind here in Detroit, it, it, Detroit will say, oh, on any lead, we just going to run this ball yes, now. Yes, absolutely, and, 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 100%. The, the, the Packers came off of that. And, 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 gave, and you'll give them opportunities, give 49ers opportunities, but Detroit won't come off of it. That's why I believe it. it. It's, it's interesting, Skip, because when you look at it, it with the 49ers and, and Kyle Shanahan, They've been to the NFC Championship game for the last couple seasons. They're in it again this year. So that pressure to advance beyond the NFC Championship game and get to the Super Bowl so that I'm not Andy Reid of the Philadelphia Eagles going every single year but can't get over the hump, can't finish the deal, will certainly be in the back of the minds of that head coach. I guarantee you that. That Atlanta Falcons debacle against the New England Patriots is certainly – in the back of his mind. That Super Bowl loss to the Kansas City Chiefs is certainly in the back of the mind of the coach. So it'll be interesting to see how Shanahan combats Aaron Glenn on the defensive side, defensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell, the head coach. How do they combat each other? How, how do we play this chess match to make sure that our team doesn't get put in this situation? And Jared Goff, if he, if he wins and advances his team, He'd be the fifth starting quarterback on two to lead two teams to a Super Bowl. And I'm sure he knows that as well. So the score, 29-23, okay, so I'm taking the Lions. Boy, that's something. I thought I heard you say that. Yes, 29-23. Oh, you're taking the Lions. You did yes. take the Lions. Yes. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. The, yeah. That eluded oh, yeah. me for a second. Oh, yeah. 29-23, you, you, you hinted at this early in the week, and now you have plunged. I'm well, impressed. Hey, it's easy, it's easy to take the 49ers. It's harder to take the Lions if you don't believe in what they're doing. And I believe in what they're doing. I watched Baltimore go into San Francisco. I watched Green Bay you did. have them. Oh, they had them so scared and spooked to the end. I watched Cleveland beat them in the, on the road. I've, I've seen San Francisco okay. be vulnerable. I've seen it. So I can't just be the guy that, oh, because everybody picks them because they just think that they're just so magical. Well, it's like matchups sometimes are important. And that front on both sides for them right. is stout. But Pulu's serious. They, they're the serious. Okay. All right. It is my turn, and you can both call me as crazy as you want to call me crazy, but this is a seven-point spread. San Francisco by seven. I don't think it is nearly enough. I'm going to use Keyshawn's favorite term, boat race, here, because I don't know exactly – why we call it a boat race, because it could be a close boat race, but, but I know what it means. It means that one team's just going to wipe out the other team. I believe the 49ers, apologies to Michael Irvin, will wipe out the Detroit Lions. I believe that Cinderella's going to go pumpkin at San Francisco. I, I think they will get exposed because it's as simple as this. Pro football focus grades Detroit's pass defense the 29th in the league, 29th worst in the league. The San Francisco offense is graded number one in the league. 
if we just do, we just talked about how Ravens are number one in points allowed and Chiefs are number two in points allowed. Number three in points allowed are the 49ers. Number 23 in points allowed are the Detroit Lions. So they have a pathetic pass defense and really an overall pathetic defense by NFC championship game standards. 23rd in defense against the best offense and the quarterback who had the number one QBR in all the land in Brock Purdy. I just think he's going to name the score. I I think they will have their way with Detroit secondary and they're just going to go up and down the field and take the the Detroit running game. And I love Jameer Gibbs because he's special. He is he is electric special, but they're going to take him quickly out of the game. I'm sorry. I I look at what Detroit did when they went to Baltimore. I mentioned it earlier. It it was 28 to nothing at at halftime in favor of the Ravens. And and it went to 35 to nothing after three quarters. Detroit just wasn't in Baltimore's league. And remember what happened when Green Bay got hot and they went to Detroit on Thanksgiving. I look up and it's 23 to six Green Bay at halftime. I, I just don't think they're all that. I, I think they're about to get exposed. I think they've had a magical year, but it's going to take magic that they don't have up against the number one offense in an NFC championship game out there on that turf where the weather is supposed to be beautiful. So there's not going to be any wet ball throwing problems for Brock Purdy. I got it 35 to 14 San Francisco. And if if you guys want a dinner bet on this, I'll give both of you the seven points. I'll, I'll, if anybody wants it, you can have seven points for a dinner if you want it. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you'll take it. I, 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 I won't. But I think, listen, I, when, when, I, when I see this battle and, and this matchup, you guys are looking at it. It's Brock Purdy coming through the ball. I think that gives Detroit an opportunity. If they, if you say, all right, we're going to show everybody that Brock Purdy last week had a bad game because it was wet and we're going to throw this ball all over the field, you Detroit, you just gave Detroit an opportunity. That's the opportunity they need because all they need is a few turnovers in this game to pull away, to, to yeah. have an opportunity at winning this game. If, if they get yeah. two turnovers from Brock Purdy and they can run the football, they'll walk, they'll walk away with a win. Here, so so they, they have to be careful throwing that ball all over the field, Skip, because I, I think not, that puts it not, in the Not way. only that, Brock Purdy has not played in an NFC championship game. Don't tell me last year he played, because he didn't play. He did. got hurt. No. So this, this is, is new. This, this, this is, this is, this is new. This is a good point. This ain't, this ain't, I've been here, I've done this before. Mm-hmm. No, you help get your team there, yeah. but you didn't play. Okay, so but Keyshawn, this is a different really pressure. New for the Detroit Lions, too. No, no, right? it, it, it is they, new they for the Detroit there. Lions, but the guy underneath the center, he's been in the Super Bowl, been in the championship mm-hmm. game, been in playoff runs before. I don't care if Sean McVay yep. was calling plays or not. He still had to drop back and throw the right. football, drop right. back and find the open receivers and understand the pressure that comes to bear in these situations. And I, Brock Purdy, look, do I think he's going to turn the ball over like he did against Baltimore? No, I don't. But I'm not so stupid to think that Detroit can't upset this team when I've watched Jordan Love go in there and take care of business. And he had it. They had it right here. They had it right in their hands, and they let it slip away. And I watched Detroit go into Dallas at the end of the season and essentially win that football game 
against won a, the game against a pretty good yep. team that San Francisco boat raced. So I I, yep. I look at those things. I watched San Francisco go on a three game skid to the point where they had to take the defensive coordinator from upstairs and bring him to the sideline just to get some normal communication going with the guys so they can play a lot better. Yes, that is true. Detroit secondary. Now it, it's not even secondary. I call it. A uh, uh, pass defense. Pass defenses give up yards for many different reasons. Okay, whether they're in a lot of two-minute situations and they're allowing people to eat at them before the half at the end of games. That that's how you have. You can't just look at the numbers and go. Well, Pro Football Focus says that they're the worst pass defense just based on the numbers. Because from personal experience, I played against teams that had horrible pass defenses because of the numbers. But when you actually played against them, right. it wasn't like that. It was not like that. So I would caution you, Skip, at looking at the numbers and just saying, oh, okay, because matchups are so important. It's, it's so important in the designs and the schemes and things of that nature on that back end. What are the fronts? What is Hutchinson's and those guys doing to get to Brock Purdy? Okay. Are they allowing him to have more time? Are they... Are they uh, uh, getting empty uh, statistics because before the half, you're in two minutes, and at the end of the games, the teams that they're playing in two minutes, so it takes it a little off balance, Skip. I remember, when, guys, when we were looking at uh, some numbers, and I was looking at the problem for the Dallas Cowboys, the movement on offense, because Dallas get, gets lost in eye candy. And, you know, San Francisco, Miami, Detroit were the top teams with movement on offense. San Francisco does a lot of that to confuse defenses, confuse Dallas, have people running wide open. But Detroit is used to this. They're used to all of the movement because they run a lot of movement on their offense. This is going to be a battle, a physical football battle. Not one of these systems beating a system where everybody's running out of place. This is going to be a man going up against a man, a physical football battle that I believe Detroit will be in that game because they, they bite kneecaps. But I just don't think, they don't think they'll have enough to win that game. Mm, Michael, Debo, your man, is going to play. Maybe he won't be 100%, but he is going to play. Doesn't now, that and, scare and, you and, and, and see, and that, that this is, well, you know, like I told you, when he first got hurt and he called me the other day, you know, when, when he, after, after, the, after he got the MRI. And, and let me just tell you now, this, this, that's the difference right there. That's the difference. If Debo is not anywhere near around on the football field, I may have gone ahead and picked Detroit because he's got to bring that attitude for what they're about to face, for what they are, they are about to go to, go up against. That, that war cry that they do walking out with him and Trent yep. with the music, that's a war cry. That, that, that's saying we're coming for war, coming for battle. That matters. Dallas, they walked out. All I heard was... Cleats. Man, ain't nobody talking about no Dallas, man. I didn't hear You just got to figure out how to I'm slide them saying, into the conversation. I'm just telling you. Dallas been over with matter. two weeks ago. I'm just telling you they matter, Skip. Man, they been home two weeks about now. We, we, the, well, war cry matter, and having that fellow oh, started God. will matter. Dallas been over with two weeks, I'm talking about Debo Samuel. Can I tell you, you about You brought Debo? Dallas in I'm just saying, I was doing, I was just making sure so I can show people how Nobody wants to hear about the Cowboys right now. And you keep bringing them up, Keisha. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you keep bringing them up. 
So I love Skip the delivery. final point yeah. spread that we have today, it just went up to seven and a half. And, I, and my bet stands. You have the rest of the show to take it or leave it, whatever you want. I'll give each of you, both of you, seven and a half in <sighs> Detroit if you want it for a dinner. If you've got any guts at all to put your your dinner where your mouth is, I have a dinner on the table. I, I have a dinner bet already with Richard Sherman for this weekend. That Lamar will win the high, uh, will win the MVP, and he says not. So I don't case. think he took that. I don't no, know. he took it. No, he took it. Did he? <laughs> yes, he did. Oh, it was Cole. He he wanted Cole with Chris. Yeah, he's trying to get Chris a Cole going. Okay, Too late, right, buddy. 